welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller's Guide to Healing Chronic Pain and Evolutionary Healer. If you happen to be a highly sensitive person like I am, I'd love to give you my free gift. It's called the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power so you can live the life of your dreams and fulfill your mission. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. So sensitivesoulguide is all on word.com. And today I have a very, very special guest. It's a friend of mine, Naomi Gillespie. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, badass. <laughs> You're like, okay, what? What are you talking about, Dr. Karen? Well, you know, we're <laughs> she, first of all, Naomi is a badass. But we're going to be talking about weight loss, but not the kind of way that you think that a lot of people talk about. You know, a lot of people talk about, um, you know, you have to lose weight cause, uh, and you have to be healthy and then you have to do it with this specific exercise or this specific diet. And people that have been following my journey, especially with my Ascension-related water weight that uh, I was carrying for a while, it's been kind of interesting and curious. And uh, definitely for me, you know, choosing certain um, things to eat or uh, um, focus on uh, helped for sure. But I think that without the consciousness of what was going on and being loving to myself, I'm really not sure that I would have been as successful. Um, and so I asked Naomi to be on the show today because she has a really, really cool program. It's called Badass Beat the Bulge. And you, actually, you can check it out at badassbeatthebulge.com. Very easy to spell. Um, and it is a very, very different weight loss program for women. Uh, because we're going to talk about today about how it's it you know people think it's about diet and exercise and I, sometimes it just drives me nuts you know when people are like oh just you know friends of mine you know oh, I just have to exercise more I'm like oh that doesn't work you know <laughs> and and uh, you know people will constantly I mean all ages like older people younger people you know the people the, the young people I mentor I mean they all think the same thing it's like we're brainwashed by the diet industry or food and diet industry that that's they're like oh well you have to do calories in calories out and I'm just so sick of hearing that you know and I'm just like sorry that doesn't work for me it doesn't work for a lot of the people that I uh, mentor and coach and I am NOT an expert at weight loss so I don't even pretend that I am I just kind of share my journey. Um, so I can't, you know, wait to interview Naomi today about her badass program because it's very, very different. So she is a women's thrive expert and of course a badass body coach in this program. And she guides women who are overwhelmed and desperate and simply over it to find how to lose weight by removing their blockages and truly understanding themselves. Finally, loving the skin they're in. I love that saying, loving the skin they're in. Um, and getting results they've been searching for sometimes for their whole life. Um, regaining their confidence, fulfilling their relationships, and feeling inspired in all areas of their lives. And uh, Naomi has been uh, a therapist for 27 years, uh, so she's got some major credentials. Uh, so she's not just like, you know, a new person that just popped on the scene and says she's an expert. She really is an expert. Um, and she's got experience treating thousands of women. Um, she is also kind of a nerd, like I am, <laughs> so she's experimented and researched science around nutrition, exercise, metabolism, hormones, food psychology, I mean, she, I, I love this nerd, she's, she's, she's so awesome. <laughs> um, so this uh, nerdy obsession has made all this possible for her to create this badass program. Now she's at her own journey, which we'll ask her in a moment, about her own weight issues, uh, doing every diet under the sun, not getting the results. Um, and then, of course, being a therapist, working with women as a professional, 
seeing women of all shapes and sizes and combining the best of science with the best of psychology um, that uses your mind and body you know, and emotions, you know, to release the weight that you no longer need, you know, that, that extra bulge we don't need. So we're going to talk today about, you know, why diets and crazy exercise are not working with people uh, to get their results. And, and, and even if they do work temporarily, how come it doesn't last? And then, you know, more about understanding your own internal biology uh, that stops you from getting results, especially as a woman. And then maybe some of the sabotage or self-sabotage science to look out for. This is going to be really important um, that you might not be aware of that you are doing <laughs> uh, that really just, you know, makes it so, so difficult for you to lose the weight that you want. Um, so she's finally cracked the code of weight by developing this badass beat the bulge system and the metaphase method of weight loss. So welcome to the show, Naomi. Woo! <laughs> Doc, I should say Dr. Gillespie. But <laughs> Thank you for that. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> that was a fabulous Now, Now, you, you are one of the most fun people that I know in, on the planet, really. <laughs> I mean, I laugh every time we're on a call together because you're on it involved? and you just... I just love it. I just love it. You make me I smile. You make me laugh. It's so awesome. And obviously, <laughs> you're right badass. You. So <laughs> that's the other reason I love you. <laughs> um, well, you know, looking at you uh, from afar, like if someone you know, is just looking at your life, looking at your attitude, what you've accomplished, so many things like that you've accomplished, maybe go, I can't imagine Dr. Naaman would have any problems at all with anything like any issue at all so but <laughs> but many of us that seemingly look successful on social media whatever have a story so we would love for you to share your story well my story in reference to weight loss here um and weight sure loss. sure okay sure uh, so my story and the reason i even started this i have been in gyms and training since i was about 17 I uh, was, you know, always the fastest runner and all those sorts of things. And in my family, genetically growing up, I'd, I'd look at my genes and think, is that how I'm going to end up? Is that my life in my future? So at the age of 14, I started exercising. I became a vegetarian and I'd stopped eating bread and carbs and all those things and actually haven't really eaten them since. Now, wow, listening to that, you would think, well, how did you get a, a weight problem, Naomi? Well, I went into a fitness comp, and this is like, you know, uh, four or five years ago, and I was on stage with a six-pack at the age of 40. So after that, Woo! I put on, yeah, crazy, right? I put on uh, 20 kilos within about five months, but this is the thing. I was training an hour and a half a day to two hours and eating like a health freak that I am, and slowly but surely was putting on weight and I really didn't understand it. But it <laughs> wasn't only, it was a few years later and I had to reflect back and I went, hang on a second, that was actually one of the most stressful times in my life. It's where I experienced heartache and heartbreak and stress. So that was my trigger for my cortisol. So from that point forward, that cortisol destabilized my, destabilized my hormones, as did the fitness pump, mind you. <laughs> But it <laughs> triggered that weight gain and my inability to sleep correctly, uh, creating total stress responses. I got to the stage of panic attacks. I was doing everything right. I was eating right. I was training right. 
But the only thing that I had that I could pinpoint as to my weight gain was my stress. But I didn't acknowledge mm. that for years. So by the end of all this, Karen, I put on 30 kilos. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of weight. Okay. For, for people that are in America, that's a lot of pounds. Yeah. <laughs> that's 2.2 pounds per kilo. So. Yeah. She's huge, right? So I put on 30 kilos. And I just was to the point where I started trying every diet. I was doing all the thing that, things that I had learned that I've done on other people. And then I stopped because I got to the stage, Karen, where I was sitting on the end of my bed one day and I was crying because I was mm. so depressed and so fed up that honestly I was to the stage of getting uh, surgery done. Mm. So I was going to get surgery done, like lap band or you know, surgery done on myself so that I would lose weight because every single thing I did didn't work. In fact, it made me bigger. So the more I trained, wow. the less I ate, the bigger I got. Mm. So that whole eat, uh, eat less and exercise more doesn't work, especially for women over the age of 35 to 36, I've found with my research. So with me being fed up, I went, you know what, I'm just going to rebel and I'm just going to try something really radical. So what I did was I researched. And I was researching, Karen, you'll relate to this, up to 17 hours a day of research. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm a maniac. Once I start on research... Yeah, I'm not I'm quite that maniac. <laughs> Maniacal, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right? Crazy lady. I had a nerd attack and was there for months. And what I found was something really interesting. One... People were doing the same stuff over and over and expecting a different result, you know, that definition of True. insanity. Two, they weren't actually uh, working on women, say, 35 and above, when our hormones start to shift. It was done a lot, and I'm, I'm not being sexist or anything, but lots of women's food plans are done by men that don't have our hormones, which I find very strange. Or they're done by PTs that are very young, that they themselves have never had a weight problem. And I found an issue with that. Right. It's sort of like there's this, there's this missing link for these women when we get older. That It's sort of like we're just pushed aside because we're not the sexy six-pack girls anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, are. totally. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a six-pack. It would be nice. <laughs> And I found a real issue, and so I started going, well, why does everyone do all this research? And they're researching um, all these food plans and all these exercise regimes all separately. And then they're not, um, you know, putting it all together and finding something that works more effectively because everyone seems to be so separated in this diet industry. So it's sort of made, unfortunately, for us women to not succeed but to fail because if you keep eating the same food, like if you keep training the same way, your body gets used to it. And so eventually you're going to reach that set point of that plateau. You're going to give up. Then you're going to drink all the wine and eat all the food because you're sick of things not working again. Mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up doing badass, Karen. I put on 30 kilos and I was the lady in the gym that worked harder, lifted heavier, trained longer, did double training each day more than everybody else. And I did not lose any weight, and I just got depressed. Wow. So that's how we, that's how we developed the metaphase method. And that's how badass began.
it was from that ash began from pure depression and nearly giving up. <laughs> well, oftentimes solutions require those of us that are supposed to teach and support others to have to go through it ourselves. I know it was for me. That's why you know I wrote that chronic pain book because I went through fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome myself and and understood really from, from personal experience what it was really like to have chronic pain and be miserable and depressed and suicidal and the whole bit. So um, yeah. I think it's amazing that you have this story. So, I mean, honestly, like how long did it take you to personally see or feel a difference in your body? Oh, oh you know what, Karen? I was speaking to my, um, my group this morning and it was so funny because I actually started it and, um, and I started uh, focusing, I'm like, I'm going to try this out. And if I try this out, so I did a trial and error, error. And because of the research that I'd actually already done, and because um, I just put a package together for myself as a crash test dummy for myself, I started <laughs> it and I actually started losing weight in about a fortnight. And, but I had wow. not lost a gram in a couple of years. And I couldn't even believe it. I was so excited. And you know what, I'm like Karen, so I was like, right, you know what's happening next, 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 I need some human guinea pigs. So I got a dozen women, just to start with, that was just to start with, and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I presented this program, and these were all my patients that I'd done everything that I was taught in my industry to do, um, right. and didn't work on, and I grabbed them, and guess what, I started it on them as well. And they started losing weight. And I was in absolute shock. They were in shock, but I was in shock. And I just sort of threw them into it. And I crossed my fingers and I closed my eyes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I hope this bloody works. Right? And it did. And <laughs> these women these women were ringing me like in tears, like, I can't believe it. Nancy, I've tried everything. Your program's working for me. And I'm like, I'm actually sitting there just sitting there like almost cowering in the corner going, oh my God, thank God that worked. And, and it was amazing. <laughs> and I know. And then the, the funny thing is, is now that I've got so many people on it, I have all the people that um, are frustrated over it. Lots of people that don't like exercise. Lots of my people don't even exercise, Karen. They just go for, you know, health walks, we call them. Right. Gratitude walks. Um, we find movement that they love. So some people's movement, mm -hmm. like yours, could be skating. You know, some people's right. movement could be yoga. Some It could be running, jogging, boxing, salsa dancing. And it's about finding the thing they love so they continue doing it. None of this six-week program, then what do you do after that? And follow these exercises because surely all exercise works on everyone well it doesn't and that's a known fact mm -mm. so the thing with badass is it works straight away for me and all my people because I clean their bodies out and detox and start transforming um, all their hunger hormones and stuff instantly in that first week they instantly get results and it's really amazing once we start to shift their biology and get their body back in order that their metabolism just starts to regulate and burn fat again. But the cool mm. thing is, the side effect is that their energy patterns, they, they're feeling good within themselves, they feel organized, they feel like they're using their time better. So all those little things, you know, in reference to results, it's actually straight away, but the emotional results are actually the, the biggest part that I see in my people is the magic that happens 
inside their own heart. That's, mm. that's my favorite bit. That's fascinating, right? So, so people are thinking, oh, I want that result. I want that result. I want to, you know, look slimmer, be more slender. But then they realize it's really like a 360 degree shift in their whole lives, including their relationships, yep. not just with food, but you know, with other people and their energy and their mindset. Like all these things are changing at the same time. Yep, exactly correct. It's pretty. It's it's a pretty wild ride because I find that some people have been doing the same thing over and over and it could have been since they were a teenager you know and what it's done is it's corrupted their relationship it's shifted their libido how they view themselves how they connect their self-esteem to their self-worth it's quite mm. um, upsetting to, to see yes. a human come in like that and they're almost like this broken human I call them my invisible women and so they start, because they lose their confidence in their body, they lose the confidence in, the, in who they are. So they stop standing up for themselves. They don't speak up. They don't do things for themselves. They do it for everyone else. And I find these people, or these women are the ones that always put themselves last and put yep. everyone, else, you know, everyone else first and become that, um, not just invisible, but almost like a doormat. And that's an issue. And this is why they keep trying and they fall back again. Keep trying and fall back again. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and I know that someone's going to ask so, because yeah, uh, we're not used in North America, used to the term Fortnite. So could you go back and explain, because we were asking how quickly you noticed results oh, for yourself and you said a fortnight. Oh. So let's, if you could explain what you're previously, what you were doing and experiencing and then a fortnight later, explain what that means and then what were you doing and experiencing then? So what I was doing, so a fortnight is, uh, I love that. That's so awesome. I love it. That's a new thing for me. You're the best. So a fortnight um, in, where, in Australia is uh, every two weeks. So it took me about two weeks to wrap my head around what I was doing and truly understand it. Um, I wrote the first two recipe books quite quickly because I'm I'm good at write I'm good at cookbooks. So I've written four thus far in batter, but I started um, I stopped exercising because I was exercising an hour and a half a day to two hours, uh, lifting heavy weight and doing cardio. Uh, I do that five to six days a week and I eat, I was under eating Karen, so I was eating, you're going to giggle at this, I was eating 1100 calories a day and I worked oh my out that I gosh. was right and that was just normal life for me, I didn't know any difference to that because I'd done it for so long, so that was just normal eating to me and of course it's all healthy, freaky healthy food because I, that's all I eat. Um, so I went from doing that into uh, cleaning my body out, but it was only for about four to five days that I did that. But the changes that I made is where I actually increased the volume of food. I mm -hmm. changed the timing that I ate and I changed the content. So I ate five times a day instead of three. I mm -hmm. changed that to bigger volumes of food and I shifted the macros. So I really reduced the carbs and increased the protein and had minimal fat. And that's because that's the first phase of badass. Each phase, mm. there are three phases of badass. Each phase has different macros, calories, and uh, timing of eating, believe it or not. 
that's the metaphase method. So when oh. I was doing the other thing of overtraining and undereating, I was just storing all my fat. So what I, I did is I cleaned my body out and started to regulate my metabolism. And that in turn, through my serum bloods, shifted how my thyroid worked. It shifted my insulin as well, which was awesome. And it started to rebalance my hormones. That's what happened in that first phase. So within the two weeks, that fortnight, that I started doing badass, I had my energy back, I was sleeping better, I wasn't bloated, I felt lighter, I felt uh, my head wasn't so foggy, and I felt less agitated. That's what happened in that first two weeks. I've kept journals of it because that's the kind of girl I am. It's all about the research. Right? <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> so it's amazing because I was doing everything right by um, you know normal weight loss, you know exercise standards, and it was it was not working. And so what I did is I obviously started up with bigger calories than that, Karen. But then I got myself down to where I stopped, um, you know, having side effects of calorie deficit and I sat on 1,100 calories. And on my uh, treat days, which would be every Sunday, I would go up to 15 to 1,600 calories, normal calories for a woman. <laughs> right? Okay, so was this like, what, sorry, I got confused. Was this while you are on the badass or previously? Uh, this, was, um, this was previously, but as soon as I went on to badass and I changed the volume, the type, and the timing of my food, I instantly got results. But the funny thing is, I completely stopped exercising as an experiment. Oh, okay. And so, did you actually count calories during the first phase? I actually wrote the recipes. Um, I did not count calories, and the and it's funny, Karen, that you say that because the first phase of badass, I do not allow them to know the calories. In the second and third phase, I do because of interest sake, but it's about learning the macros in the second and third phase. But in phase mm -hmm. one. I did not count calories. I just ate the food from my recipes in reference to their nutrient profile and the macros. I did not worry about calories for the first time in a really long time, which was refreshing. Wow. And, um, and that's what I do for my badasses as well. So week one to four is phase one in badass. You are not to count calories because I'm reteaching them how to eat and it's not by calories. It's about macros and timing and volume and that's all I want them to concentrate on. Right, so you're not giving them, you know, exercise to do or anything like that no, in the first phase. You, no, you don't start exercise or movement we call it because there's always that negative con connotation to people energetically with the word exercise. So we use movement as the word in badass hmm. and I don't introduce movement until the third week. I want them to rest and replenish because lots of people are over-exercising for their hormones or their autoimmune yeah. dysfunction or their stress or sleep level, sleep volume. And so I get them to regenerate and focus on routine, clearing their bodies out and eliminating anything that is processed foods, sugars and that sort of stuff. But yeah, the third week is when you start moving. And when I say moving, you find something that you love. So you go and find a different class. It could be pole dancing, it could be yoga, it could be boxing, <laughs> right? It could be just going for a walk with your dog every every second day. But for them to find something that they can continue doing because movement is the magic that makes us mentally well. 
not going and right. trapping yourself out there and over-exercising and creating inflammation, which makes your body store your fat. Terrible catch-22 out there. At the right. <laughs> now, do you actually have to coach and counsel people to, like, are you getting people in your program that, like you were over-exercising and do you have to limit them and say, hey, you can't exercise for more than X number of minutes? Do you have to do that? Absolutely. I've got people mm -hmm. that, um, I, it's, I had a chat to one of my people this morning about that. She went and did a rowing, she rowed like 33 kilometers. Um, wow. Really hard, really hard out though. And because of her body type, she's an endomorph, she shouldn't really be doing that. And secondarily, mm. She hadn't had any breaks in her days from exercise. So it was only this morning that I told her she's to stop exercising for a whole two weeks. Oh, that must have freaked reason, her out. It totally freaks them out because people, <laughs> it's like when you tell people to eat more food and stop exercising, they're like, but, but I'm already putting on weight and, and I'm really, um, I'm not eating anything and I'm training really hard and I'm putting weight on. So their brain naturally thinks if I say don't exercise, and eat more, they think they're going to put more weight on. And it's a terrible mm -hmm. misconception in this whole uh, wellness industry and this diet industry. It's a terrible misconception because as soon as I make them do that, lo and behold, and much to their surprise, they start losing weight, their energy's back, they're not tired, they sleep better, and they don't want to yell at their partners anymore. <laughs> That's funny. I know there was a girlfriend of mine who was struggling a little bit with this whole insulin resistance and she had been, I mean, like her figure used to be like a model, you know, like yeah. perfect, like 34, 23, 34, whatever, you know, yeah. and she showed me some pictures uh, in the past, like she had done some modeling and uh, now she had this body that she was not used to um, and she was uh, running, you know, because she loved yeah. to run, she loved the outdoors, so she was running for over an hour a day. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, you know, she came in to see me. Uh, we, we did some trades. Uh, she's a, um, a therapist and did some massage and stuff like that. So anyway, we did some trades. And, and I said, you know, I don't think it's a really good idea for you to be <laughs> running that long every day because you have adrenal fatigue. And yeah. she goes, oh, you know what? If I don't run, I don't feel good. I'm like, oh, you're kind of borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Like, I couldn't yeah. convince her not to do it. Yeah, and the, the worst thing is, Karen, is that these people that, you know, they, they, they love their hip training and stuff like that, but the thing that I teach them isn't so much not to do it, is to, I take them through a whole cycle of that art, and then after that, I, I find that their bodies are repaired. Their bodies are working for them, their hormones are balanced, their insulin uh, resistance is gone, uh, they've shifted mm. uh, their serum bloods to be more positive, um, and some people, I get them to do uh, neurotransmitter testing and stuff like that, and they've even changed uh, their neurotransmitter levels, which is awesome. Um, and then nice. fatigue, as you know, adrenal fatigue. So we do adrenal cortex uh, profile testing on them, and they've shifted all their um, their cortisol. So it's quite magic the process they go through. But if they want to go back to what they used to do, they are most welcome. But only after I've um, taken them through the first phase. Uh, for the first round of batter, then they can do what they used to do, but only every second day. So none of this training five to six days a week business, you can do that when you're 20. You shouldn't really be doing that when you're 35 plus. Your body is 
on the other end of the spectrum. Everything's slowing down. Everything's changing. So it's so important to exercise for your age, for your body type, but also in reference to your cycle. So I even have my women exercising to their cycles, which is great, and they get better results again. Ah, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, now, do you have people in your program who are either carnivores or vegan or pescatarian or, you know, I'm yeah. sure people have um, questions around, like, what are we allowed to eat? Uh, yeah. What if I don't want to eat meat? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So maybe you can address that. In um, Badass, and the thing that I find with lots of um, vegetarians, and I was one for 17 years, I find that unless we truly educate ourselves as vegetarians and really make sure we've got the correct uh, plant-based proteins, we're not vegetarians, we're carbitarians. And I find this to be a really big issue uh, with lots of my vegan and vegetarian patients. They, they just do it through, obviously, the moral issue of not wanting to kill animals or lots right. of people do it to be healthier or to lose weight. So with badass... In every single phase, you have replacement foods. So with your protein, if we're using, say, a protein powder for a morning shake or something like that, you've always got that vegan plant-based protein powder. If we're mm -hmm. using any dairy, they've got all their um, alternates to dairy. And the only thing that we look at in reference to vegan and vegetarian replacements in that realm is the carb loading there. And if they do want to replace it with something that's vegan or vegetarian, then they've actually got options. I'll just add something different in there. So if they're having a coconut yogurt, I have to be very mindful of the carbohydrate content in the coconut yogurt. So what I have to do is I have to look at them, okay, so you, you can't have dairy, but what we're going to do is we're going to put some uh, protein powder in that yogurt and I'm going to put a little bit of MCT oil in there to up those good fats. And there mm -hmm. we have a complete uh, vegan or vegetarian meal that's been transferred from a dairy-based one. So everything mm. is badass. Everything's replaceable. All the proteins, all the carbs, and all the fats are all replaceable to a vegan or vegetarian source. And the cool thing about vegan and vegetarian, though, is... In this day and age, unlike when I was little, um, they've got so many options now. And it's sort of like a much easier life. I find that my vegan and vegetarian patients are completely trained in what swap-outs are anyway. Even though it's in their program, it's like they already know, which is great these days. Oh, good. Yeah, so we, use lots, we can use tofu, we use tempeh, uh, they use TVP. They've got their um, plant-based proteins. Uh, powder, replacements. They've got all their dairy replacements. So there's nothing in there that can't be wrapped around someone's eating style or even their lifestyle. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's talk about the opposite now. Um, uh, what's uh, currently, uh, my mother would say, is a fad, um, <laughs> is the keto diet. Yep. Uh, or the paleo diet, so that's this more meat uh, type of protein with lots of vegetables. Um, yep. And uh, in the keto, they, they do, uh, I mean, the regular keto, they do a lot of uh, fat in the form of dairy, which I don't really, doesn't really work for my body. 
Yeah. But um, and, and there's some studies out there that say, hey, this might be really helpful for cancer. This might be really helpful for autoimmune disease, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then other people saying, no, 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 if you keep doing keto all the time, you're going to get keto flu. You're going to not be able to um, uh, absorb or assimilate carbs anymore. You know, you'll just gain weight immediately when you eat any carb at all. It's too hard to stick with it. So I'd yeah. love your expert thoughts on that. So with, um, with keto and paleo and those high meat volume diets, I'm like you, Karen. I personally like, uh, if it's keto, I like clean keto. So I like using my MCT oils, my nuts, my seeds, my avocados in that realm rather than what the dirty keto, which is like your bacon and your burgers and, you know, all your creams and that sort of stuff and cheeses. We have a keto-style uh, food plan within Badass but what we do is we have every option that you can swap out and make every one of your meals clean keto. I actually rotate mm. within there uh, dirty, clean, uh, dirty keto, like a lasagna or something like that. But then I'll ha rotate it the next morning for breakfast. You'll have a clean keto. And the problem I find um, with so much research out there about keto is that usually the research is done on people that have a pre-standing medical condition, kidney disease and things like that. So there's pregnancy and kidney diseases and things like that where you shouldn't do long-term keto because it's not very good for your kidneys in excess. But most mm -hmm. people, when they've done that research, people uh, go quite well on keto. And with the keto flu, I find that the people that have been really eating a lot of processed carbs, like bread, pasta, sugars, cookies, cakes, they're the ones that experience the keto flu. Whereas the people that have um, more uh, of a healthier form of carbohydrate, they actually don't experience the keto flu as much. But the cool thing, um, I think, with the ketogenic diet is it actually does work. I've been using that diet uh, for 25 years. So 25 years ago, Karen, is when I started looking at keto. And it's one of the first things I got taught as a therapist hmm. that works for weight loss, the zone system, the keto diet. So although it seems like a fad at the moment, and it is a fad, and it will be replaced by something else, we all know how that works. But what I found <laughs> is that the mainstayer for weight loss has always been, and it keeps cyclically coming back, is the ketogenic diet, which I find fascinating. So some people don't work well on keto. What they need to work out is does their body work, work better on a cleaner form of keto rather than that dairy-based, bacon, meaty, ketogenic diet. And, and if they are going to do keto and they want to try something different, maybe go for some keto vegetarian meals and combine it so that they're not getting those uh, side effects that some people get. Right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, well, it, it does sound like, you know, if someone is going to do your program, they need to be comfortable with cooking. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how much effort exactly is the cooking part. Okay. Okay. I actually, I just did a Facebook video on this <laughs> on, um, because people look at recipes and if you're not, if you're not a person that I love cooking, I went, I've been to culinary school, so I love cooking. Um, wow. I was going to be a chef, Karen, right? 
back in the day. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, I decided that, you know, that night shift, I didn't like that idea and I couldn't make people healthy by just putting cool stuff on the menu because they still got to choose it. So um, with, um, with the food prep, it actually looks like a lot, like any recipe does. But in actual fact, I do, uh, I time my recipes because I'm that research nerd. Some of my recipes take about one to two minutes to whip up because they're just quick throw-togethers, but the, it's the volume that counts of the food. Um, and some of my uh, meals, the, the biggest time that someone spends on the meals that they make is half an hour to create those three meals in a day. And that's mm-hmm. the way I've designed it for people that are crazy busy and there's lots of stuff in there that for people that hate cooking... The biggest thing I think that confronts people that get overwhelmed about how they have to prep their food is one, um, they don't take time out and make food a priority for their health, not weight loss, but their actual health. And secondarily, that whole, quite often food, that whole preparation, it's, it's surrounded by stress. Who wants this? Everyone right. wants something different. You know what I mean? So it actually creates an anxiety in people when they even just have to think about what's dinner. People end up in arguments in their household about who, what people want for dinner. So the biggest thing I, I found with, with my plan and the thing that I've learned over all these years is that make it quick and easy, make some run out the door stuff, have some backup foods in there, <laughs> have quick snack licks. I, make a thing, I made up a thing called the Snack Shack and there's over 300... Uh, snacks in there and they're about 100 calories to 120 calories each and all you do is pick one, two, three, four or four different lists, make up a snack and you're done. You don't have to think. So everything in the plan is made to be quick and easy. The family can eat it. You don't have to worry about it and I really implore that if, I have a theory, Karen, that if everyone in the world, right, just took one hour a day to prep their food for themselves and their family, the world will be different in a month, right? That is I've got true. That crazy, I have this crazy theory and I think it would work if we could all get the world to do it. But what we do is um, really simple short recipes and they can be frozen, used later, pre-prepared for the next day. So if you're working, if you're stuck at home, if you're away, everything's manageable. And that's what I think people are missing is taking their food seriously for their wellness and their mental health and to release stress because they don't have to think several times a day about what they're going to eat because it's already done. Food prep is the secret to life. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of bone broth and smoothies. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I never had, had either growing, well, I had bone broth growing up, but, I, you know, not using as a staple. So what about us smoothie lovers? Is there options in your program for us? I have several, several smoothies, right? I've got, um, I've got some oh, coffee smoothies. I've done ones that have cardamom in them. We've got mango ones. We've got avocado Ooh. ones. We've got everything, so many smoothies in our program. It's awesome. That's great. And then I see on your testimonials here on the uh, um, badassbeatthebulge.com, there's a picture of pizza. So tell us a little bit about pizza. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. If I, if I and the Mexican pizza, tortilla looks really good, too. 
How good is that? Oh my god. <laughs> I had to work out all the macros for those. So I use, um, out, out of my whole program, there's three recipes in all my four books that aren't mine, but I obviously state that. And um, that one is Fathead Pizza. Oh, my God. It's everyone's favorite. And Fathead Lasagna. Oh, my God. Everyone looks forward to their lasagna or their pizza because they feel like <laughs> it's like the whole program. They feel like they're not even on an inverted commas diet and that was obviously my plan and it's working well thank goodness but that 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 head pizza is so delicious guess how long that takes to make Karen Mm. two minutes I don't know I mean I've used my own pizza crust and then the stuff so half an hour yeah because you do two minutes in the microwave and then you just mix it and then you put it onto greaseproof paper you roll it out you pop it in the oven for 12 minutes you bring it out, you pop your stuff on, you put it in the oven for your stuff to melt or warm, and it's done. And it's so important mm. to have treat days or cheat days or perceived treat days, the psychology for you to keep moving forward. So people don't right. to self-sabotage. So the reason I put things that are like other foods in my plan is so that people feel like they're just busting out and having a treat even though it's completely conducive to them still accessing their fat stores and burning fat. <laughs> that's the great. The psychology that's... of food, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, is, is, so the, cool. is this, you know, the attainment of, this is an outer, obviously, uh, you know, an outer goal, which may not be good or reasonable for the average, you know, 40, 50-year-old woman, but say somebody says like, hey, I you know, want to have six-pack abs, okay, like as a thing, yep. like they want to yep. achieve. Um, yep. Is that even a good thing to even try to achieve if they want that or should we talk them out of it? Oh, my gracious. Okay, so to get a six-pack six abs, right, especially if you're over the age of 40, it actually takes hours, water loading, calorie deficit, heavy lifting, lots of cardio, and, re- and having an absolutely restrictive diet, which is the opposite of what I believe in. I've lived that mm. six-pack abs business, and it's like when you're in it, because you're so obsessed, you don't even realize what it's doing to you, right? Mm. So when you're sitting there, you know, training up to four hours a day, you know, if you've got a naturally, you know, gifted genetically body, that's great. My you husband. don't have to train that much, right? <laughs> right? So, so right. I'm not that person. I'm an endomorph and I'm not genetically gifted. So for me to get those, I have to work twice as hard as everybody else. So for us at 40 plus, if you want to spend your life in gym and you love that lifestyle and it's totally conducive to your mental health and it makes you happy, go for it. But if you're actually looking for a really awesome lifestyle, spending time with your family and your kids, doing the things on your hobbies that you love and not being obsessive and stressed about every single thing you put in your mouth, it's probably a good idea not to go towards the six pack. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, very wise words. Um, I mean, you're going to laugh at this, and, and my husband's probably going to be upset that I'm going to tell you, um, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, he's got eight-pack abs. Um, and, he, he, yeah. you know, at, at some point he was doing, you know, too many uh, corn chips at night and whatever, and he started getting a little, you know, little poofy, not much, but a little bit. Like most people would be like, uh, I don't see any fat on you. But anyway. Right. So, uh, but then he just, he started that. CrossFit and the first month, uh, which I was like, thank you universe. Um, they said, oh, we're doing a, a sugar-free month. So you're, you know, you're going to go sugar-free and this is how you do it. And this is the first time he's been that strict on his sugar. And of course, very, very quickly, um, he was so competitive. Um, he lost, yeah. he lost, you know, that that bulge, and he got his eight packs back. Um, he did come in second place because he didn't lose as much as the woman did, but um, yeah. and he gained muscle. The That's only person real. that gained muscle in the in the CrossFit oh, gym. Excellent. So when he's looking at me, he's trying to be helpful. He says, "Well, you just need to do more abs," <laughs> and I'm like, "Don't tell me that. Don't." And he's like, no, no, no. If you, I think you know, if you just did more sit-ups, if you did more ab training, you know, then you would have a smaller waist. And I'm just like, no, no, no. not when you, not when you've got to think. Oh my gracious! One, you're not, you're not 20 current, and neither am I. Two, you're, you're not a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't have hormones, mate. Um, I'm just putting it out there to you. Your hormones aren't like our hormones. Put it that way. You do have hormones, but not crazy ones that rule your body shape as much as us women. And we yeah. have and, and, and you know the, the magazines don't help because we look at the women who are young, of course, uh, but there are a few, you know, over 40 and 50 with, with these amazing physiques. And we're like, how do we do that? You know, as if that this is a common, easy thing to do. And we don't think about our genetics and what their lifestyle is and what our lifestyle is. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it's hard not to get discouraged for people when they look at these magazines and going, wow, she has six pack abs and she's 52. Yeah. And I have to, I do talks on that. Um, and it's really interesting when you just bring up, uh, Photoshop and fake worlds. Uh, oh, like that's right. Like fake bodies, that, those fake bodies, there's Photoshop, they use different filters, all these little tricks out there and quite often and more often than not when they see them in your life, you can actually see that they've Photoshopped their stuff. They do it on um, television commercials when there's, you know, when there's reality TV shows or something random like that. You see an ad for the person in real life and then you'll see the still photo of them as the advertisement, and they're completely different body shapes. I find that <laughs> quite offensive for women, first of all. But that whole, um, you know, people aren't relating themselves to the age that they are in reference to their body shape, and that's a problem. We're not 20. We don't have a 20-year-old body. If we're 35 and above, we have an, a, a body that is a, an older woman's body or a mid-aged body, and that is going to be rounder. We're going to be fuller. You know, we're going to be more shapely. And that's totally okay. And I think in the media, if it starts to be more okay, but for real, not just saying that, but actually showing us that, it would take such pressure off women. And that's something that, um, you know, the, a big thing that we teach in Badass is not connecting your self-worth with your body image. It's really important to differentiate the two. It's so important. 
how you value yourself should not rely on how you look in the mirror. That's the biggest mm-hmm. mistake that us women make, I think, you know. And when you bring that up to women and they realise that they have that connection, it's really confronting for them. They soon realise for many years of their life, it's not that they've wasted it, but it could have been happier or more fulfilling. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember in grade school, the, the teacher, the male teacher, who I really liked, he was an awesome person, um, he asked, uh, I don't know what we were talking about, but it was about body image and stuff like that. And he asked the whole class, well, you know, put up your hand if you, you were pretty happy with your body, right? So I start putting up my hand and realize no one is putting up their hand. Oh, so I quickly God. dropped mine. I quickly dropped mine because I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to be singled yeah. out, right? Yeah, and so wow. after the class, he, you know, he, he caught up to me and he says, yeah, exactly. Karen, what, what, um, you know, what, why, why did you put down your hand? And I said, oh, I, I guess I'm too skinny. Like I made something up, you know. And I was like, famous oh last words. <laughs> and, so you know, back then my mom said to me when we, I looked in the mirror and she says, well, you know, um, she says, you know, if, you're, if your thighs touch, you're going to laugh, okay. She said, so if your thighs touch, we consider that beautiful. And here I was looking in the mirror going, yeah. I have a thigh gap. Crap. You know, like, I want my thighs to touch, oh. right? And I was like, how am I going to get my thighs to touch, right? <laughs> because she told oh me that, God. right? And she would say things like, and bless her, she's, she's an amazing person, but she would say things like, I love it. It's too bad that you have such a high forehead. <gasps> Just like me. You know, and, and when you smile too big, I see your gums, you know, and that's very ugly, just like me. So don't smile that big. And you should have bangs, you know, to cover your forehead, just like me, right? And, and I just was like, okay, like I didn't know. <laughs> I just believed right. her. Yeah. yeah, so all this time I was trying to, you know, feel different. And then, and then come, you're going to really laugh at this. So, so I, I carried this mirror, okay, this full length mirror with me from place to place, college and, and you know, everything, right? So finally at one point, I don't know how this happened, but I ended up uh, at a, I had to get a new mirror for whatever reason. And then I realized the image in the mirror was different from the mirror I had all the time because I kept thinking, oh, there's the bottom half of me is really not, I'm not happy with the bottom half of me, okay? It just does not look good, right? And this is when I was, like, skinnier, right? Which now I'm like, oh, I'd be really happy with that right now, right? <laughs> yes, right? And there was a warp in the freaking mirror. Oh, my God. For two decades. Yes. And then I didn't even know that until I got the new mirror. And then I just, what I started, I started squatting down and looking at my face image. And I realized there was a warp in the mirror at the area of my belly and my hips and, and my thighs. And so that... You had a um, like a um, like it wasn't even your real image that you were looking at. Yes, I had a warped sense of yep. what my body was really looking like because I was looking at this mirror for decades. Yes, that's like that. And it never really oh, dawned on me that it was a poor quality mirror. And you know, my husband, who then then husband was like a beanpole, so I, he didn't look any different in yeah. the mirror to me. <laughs> it's like a mechanical um, dysmorphia, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Yes, and that really, like, really hit me, like, OMG, Karen, all this time, yes. you thought you had whatever, you know, and now, okay, now the thigh gap is in, right, so, I mean, <laughs> it's totally in, it's totally in, oh my gosh, I was like, these kids, 
if people are um if people are super skinny and underweight, lots of them still don't have a thigh gap. But these kids are still looking for this thigh gap, even though um you know genetically it's almost an impossibility unless they're so underweight and they've got no muscle bulk on and they're going to that realm of being dangerously underweight, then they get a thigh gap. But they're still hunting for it because of the media <laughs> and because of that environment, yeah. you know, that they're in. It's really confronting. I have women at 40 and 50 wanting to do a thigh gap, Karen. I'm like, you're not made for a thigh gap. I can look at people now and just know their body type and know how they lose weight and what exercise is going to work for them just by looking at them because of their genetics. Oh, cool. You know, and it's like, I just look at them going, oh, yeah, you'll get a, you get a thigh gap in no time. What we'll do is this, this, and this, if that's what you want, because you naturally have one. You just have um, <laughs> unhealthy weight on you at the moment, so that's fine. And then there'll be someone else, and they're like, I just want to get, you know, in that thigh. I'm like, no, no, you're not built for a thigh gap, babe. It's just not how you're drawn, and that's totally okay. Do you get it? I've been trying that to get it. That is so helpful. Yeah. It's and so it's helpful to know that, to though. Like, yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's like, no, yeah, you're not well. a thigh gap human. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. And guess what? Because you're not a thigh gap human, you've got um, great hips and a really nice weight. Bonus, right? So you have curves. Run with the curves. <laughs> right. Right. Take, a, right. take a load off and run with your curves, right? So oh, it's so funny. Yeah, the whole, that whole yeah. media, everything is so confronting. And I think that's the biggest thing is to, you know, your weight shouldn't be who you are. And like I say to my girls, the scales are not, shouldn't reflect how you feel about yourself that day because they change every day. So it could be hormone mm -hmm. time or stress time or whatever it is. But they or not enough sleep time or, yeah. 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 And they should not be, each day their weight changes because we're normal humans, and it does, to not, um, you know, how you feel shouldn't rely on your, on your scales. How, not so much how you feel about yourself, that's a definite no-no, it shouldn't affect you at all, but how it affects your day, how it affects your morning, how it affects you, how you treat your family or your kids. You know, how frustrated and grumpy and down you are that day and, and become negative or pessimistic rather than positive, you know, and, and totally right. not attach your mood to the scale weight. People do it all the time. They do. They do. And, they, they, I mean, sometimes they kind of know they're doing it, but they can't help it. Yeah. And it's that whole retraining your brain, retraining, you know, how you view yourself, retraining what weight means to you, retraining what food even means to you. And getting on top of that so that it becomes a positive and not your drawback and not the negative and not something that creates stress either. Right, because if, if somebody's feeling deprived, they're in stress mode. Yep. And it just, Absolutely. And their efforts are just, you know, not, it doesn't work. Yep. No, and that's where they're going to store their weight, not get the results from their food or their exercise, right? And that's where they lead down that those old memories, those old memory paths, I call them, or their self-sabotage, which is ingrained in them to react a certain way with a certain emotion or a certain situation in reference to food and movement. It's ingrained in them. So it's about mm -hmm. unraveling your past, unraveling your beliefs, 
and accepting that you have to change them so that you can move forward. So no matter how old you are or how many years on, you're not going to fall into that self-sabotage of emotional eating or binge eating or binge drinking even. And that's a big... Right, and that's why this is so important that this is a permanent solution, not a quick fix solution. Yeah, it's been... been, um, I always say to my girls, uh, you know, focus on being, you know, the, the tortoise, not the hare. And one of my, my people said that to me. And they, they, I'm sick of these six-week, 12-week challenges and working and training two times, training twice a day and starving myself. I've decided to be the tortoise, not the hare because the tortoise wins in the end. And that's what badass is. It's about continual, slow, gradual weight loss. So your body's healing and ever, ever so gently biologically changing so that you don't hit those Mm. quick plateaus and so you don't get stuck on those set points and so you don't see your movement as a burden and that you don't have a time limit on the way you eat. Because as soon as you do these challenges in the gyms and stuff, you stop doing it and then what do you do? You, You try not to as much as you can to do the old stuff that you did but you actually end up doing it because the old stuff that you did is the old you, the sad you, the depressed you, the stressed you, the one that doesn't have quality times with the kids you, the bad relationship you, viewing yourself negatively or not having a good sexual relationship with your partner. That old you, that comes back because they haven't actually ter- understood the mechanisms as why they put their weight on in the first place. And it wasn't about their food or their exercise. Is about their spirit and their environment. Mhm. Mhm. Oh yeah. So so true. Well, I know that for my tribe, you know, we are a tribe of you know highly sensitive, mostly women. There's like you know maybe five percent guys, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah. we're highly sensitive. And one of the things that um, I had uh, years ago, I had uh, interviewed uh, Colette Baron Reed. She she wrote a book on uh, women uh, weight loss for women who who uh, feel too much. So that is an issue with yeah. those of us that, that feel a lot. And uh, so their questions are going to be like, like because they, they experience similarly with me with what we call the ascension process, the vibration of the planet changing, that they yeah. gained weight. Now, uh, through intuitive testing, I can actually tell like what kind of weight it is. Um, at first, yeah. I didn't believe, I, I know this sounds hilarious, I, don't, I didn't believe God, but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at my body and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so poofy like swollen yeah. and uh you know guy was saying well it's a lot of water but not like the kind of water that's like dangerous water like the people get when they have heart disease or you know edema like that kind of water i'd never seen something like this before and no one could really explain it to me i had to you know like like you like research and be kind of a nerd and understand you know <laughs> what water is and how water holds information and source information all this kind of stuff so i was like okay i kept getting it's ascension related so um, I was like, okay, well, how much is it fat? How much is it water? And then what I realized was there was a, a huge amount that was this, this structured crystalline water in my body. So then I thought, I'm going to go to the CrossFit gym, and I'm really going to see. So they did, they did a DEXA scan, yeah. which is relatively accurate um, yep. in terms of you know your fat percentage and stuff like that. And interestingly, yeah. so my visceral fat, so that's like in the belly, the dangerous fat everyone's talking about. And here I am with this big belly. <laughs> and everything was right. getting more swollen. Like it started with the belly and then it went to the hips and then it went to the legs and then it went to the upper body, the boobs and 
the shoulders and it was just blah, like I was like bursting yeah. through my tops even. And yep. my visceral fat was less than a pound. And the doctor said, I'm really happy for you. He's like, that's really great. And I'm like, okay, so what is this? And I point to my belly, not telling him what God told me, right? And he says, yeah. well, maybe it's subcutaneous fat. And he goes, well, that's, that's traditionally really hard to get rid of. That's what he said. <laughs> um, and, that was and not everyone who has ascension weight is, has very low visceral fat. Right, like yeah. sometimes you know they do have high visceral fat, so it, it, it's different for anybody. But just curious, like if somebody has poofiness or swelling or fat on the outside of their body, not the inside of the body, will your yeah. program still help them or work? Yeah. So what I look at in reference to what you're talking about, so I believe, like like you un you understand, Karen, is that emotional states retain fat and fluid. It's not just fat. It's that fluid. So uh, what I found with my people is that they lose their fluid in the first month. But the whole purpose of the first month is for you to focus and make you number one. So I'm thinking from your realm, and I have a funny statement. I've got a, a friend that's a psychic and a medium, and she, she's the funniest thing, God bless her. She said, Nomi, always remember, never trust a skinny psychic. That's what she said to me. She goes, ah. right? she, she, she was this bigger woman and she just, she didn't care. She, she was like, she didn't live on this plane anyway, Karen. So, but yeah, I find that really interesting what you're saying because it makes total sense to me is that the people that feel more or are more emotional are going to retain more fluid and gain more weight because when you think about as any corruption of the spirit, it takes you away from who you are. And so when you're looking at that energetic of the planet and how you're speaking about your fluid retention and have worked out that it's because of that, that shift, then it would make total sense to me that um, people that are sensitive souls or, or that empathic side of our, our human spirit will make us retain more fluid and more weight the more we feel to protect ourselves in a sense. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, there's uh, definitely a, um, a belief going around that um, empaths or empathic people are heavier because um, they almost have like a physical barrier as a boundary to other people's stuff versus yeah. hopefully the appropriate version, which is uh, a healthier energetic boundary to other people's yeah. stuff, which is one of, one of the things that I teach people how to do is, first of all, evaluate those energetic boundaries and to make sure they're... Um, you know, that they're intact, so they're not uh, excessively feeling other people's stuff. Yeah, I think that, I think um, if we could have a little healer like you on our shoulders all the time to be able to protect ourselves from that, I think there would be a lot less people with, a, with you know, fewer weight and fluid retention issues. And, and when mm. we look at, you know, just pure, if, pure heaviness and pure fluid, not so much fat, that's where we look at that you know, that biology in reference to how they can function and that insulin resistance and their estrogen and their cortisol, all those things that make you uh, retain that, that fluid. But then if you're looking at the energetic level, I think that's a really cool, interesting point because it sort of does make sense. Every human that comes into badass is like that invisible woman that is so giving and is giving everything to everyone else and putting themselves last. And I think people that 
you know, are that, that empathetic human and that, you know, in that realm of that spiritual realm that you're talking about, definitely would um, have issues with weight and fluid attention. And the great thing that yeah. I have with my people that are super sensitive that are in my team is that, that they get results and they get permanent results. It's not something they're, they're going to put their weight back on because in essence what they've done is throughout the process is they've worked on their own spirit and what they want from this world and creating new boundaries and accepting themselves. And I think that's what's not, you know, the base of them shifting their fluid and shifting their weight and getting the results that they're getting. Mm, yeah, that makes so much sense. And it, it definitely uh, coincides with some of the other information that I was getting spiritually from Source about, you know, I was asking, so, okay, so how do I shift my body shape, you know? And one of the formulas uh, or one of the things was stillness. And I was like, oh, again, ah, this, you really? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is it that simple? I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, maybe not easy. But I was like, okay, stillness and more stillness and more stillness. Okay. Okay, fine. Be, you know? <laughs> be, the, be, the, be the mountain, Karen. Be the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I realize that when people, and you'll like this analogy, but when, when my, my intuition teacher, Laura Day, used to say, be full of yourself. And what she meant was yeah. be fully embodied. Because there's a lot of people that are very empathic and, and sensitive, and they are so out of their body because it's so uncomfortable to feel other people's stuff that they escape their body, so they're not inhabiting their energy in the body, and you can't change the physical body if you're not there. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Yes, that actually makes perfect sense, especially with people that quickly put on weight, right, or have thought attention, and it doesn't matter what they do, they can't get it off. Yeah. Or in my case, I used to have empathetic constipation. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I would, I would, you know, I would try everything like known to, you know, naturopathy and medical doctor, you know, like to for constipation, check, you know, bi you know, bile salts and all this kind of stuff. And then one day I just realized, okay, I'm just gonna heal whatever I'm feeling. And so I started like testing whose stuff am I feeling, you know. So I was healing like mass consciousness only because it was my role in that in that space, or healing Mother yeah. Earth or something like that. And then when I figured out who it was that it was my job to yeah. heal, I would poop. And I was like, oh, that's how I get to poop every day. <laughs> so I figured it out for me personally. Yeah, so I had to do this energy stuff. I love that. that I bet you haven't heard anybody say that before. <laughs> no, but I can totally, I get that. That makes sense, right? I love that. That's awesome. You're full of information. Yeah, empathetic pooper. <laughs> I'm loving that. I'm loving that. <laughs> Well, and I realize when I don't spend the time, when I'm too busy, like book, book launch day or something, you know, when I pop out of bed and I don't spend that five, ten minutes to do the centering, the, you know, the being full of myself, the stillness, the, the healing of the world, you know, whatever my job is, you know, and I delay it, sometimes I go the whole day and I don't poop. And, and then one day, I, and, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, shoot, I didn't poop today, right? And my husband's like, really? I went five times, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, and uh, and then I'd be like, okay, who did I not heal that you right? And then I and then I go, then I have to do my intuitive thing and just figure it out and realize if I do not spend the time to self heal and heal whoever it is I'm it's, I'm in charge of healing, then uh, my body will tell me, hey, That's so cool. uh, 
Yeah. People need you here. Uh, uh, you're feeling hi. other people's stuff. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Hello. How's you need to spend that time. I human necessity, right, is your um is your warning sign. I love that because unless you do your job on the planet or not the planet, right, you're not going to just have a simple uh, thing that keeps us healthy and well happen to your body. That's pretty cool. Mm. I love your Yeah, well, I, I definitely live in the world of strange, right? Like some of the people that, that I work with, I, have, I mean, just nobody understands them. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and some, some of them, you know, some of us are alien souls and human bodies, don't know how to work the human yeah. body. There's all sorts of, you know, exactly weird uh, stuff. That, yeah, because you guys actually, um, you know, work quite often in that different realm. It's like quite right. often I find people that are energetic healers and mediums and psychics and that sort of stuff, they forget they have a body. Does that make sense? Like they actually forget oh, yeah. they have a body that they have to look after and keep healthy and keep on point with so that they, because they still have to live in this room, you know, on, as a human on the planet with families and in relationships and they forget they have a body. It's like they just have this, this mind and this energy and they forget mm -hmm. their body. And quite a few right. people that are the healers and that sort of stuff, they don't treat their body the way they really should be treating it. They forget they have it and it doesn't become important to them because it's the physical. And that's where I see a lot of my friends that are, you know, healers, psychics and that sort of stuff, right, in that, that awesome realm, they actually don't take very good care of themselves at all because, one, they're taking care mm -hmm. of everyone else. But two, yep. they forget they have a physical body that they really need to maintain to do their best work. They forget about it. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we're so into, you know, our beliefs, which, is, where the, which are true, you know, in terms of the quantum realm and being able to yeah. manifest and, you know, just imagine, you know, new teeth growing in or whatever, right? And we're so invested in that belief and we don't understand why our bodies are not following. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Because we're not sleeping yeah. enough, we're, we're doing too much, we're whatever, and yeah. we don't realize yeah. that, wait a second, you still have to practice being a human even though you're an alien or an angel or whatever. Exactly, exactly, and I see it. It's not uncommon. And you would, if you think about all your, your friends and your, your healers that you know, I can guarantee you that there's a vast majority that don't truly look after their physical body as well as they should. Mm -hmm. I believe so too. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that, that's a glitcher in the system because energetically they can't do their best work with a body that's not a highly functioning organism. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Naomi, I was wondering if you had any last uh, words of wisdom for our listeners before we make sure people know how to. Um, you know, get a copy of your badass program or what's involved in that. So if you want to share that and then also share your website. Well, I think the, my words of wisdom is just to always be a total badass, right? Um, and I think <laughs> right. for uh, us women is to not just rely on exercise and diet and think that's going to get your weight off. It's not. You will put it back on. That's simple science. We really have to maintain our focus on the joy and happiness gratitude, appreciation, understanding our self-sabotage, what we've done in the past that didn't allow us to keep our weight off or made us put it on in the first place. Really getting down to the nitty-gritty of your hormones, your thyroid, 
your uh, all your blood works, getting that done. But the biggest factor is make sure you work on yourself and understand yourself more effectively so that you don't have to think about diets ever again. Your weight stays off permanently and you do it by not being invisible and prioritising yourself as number one so that you can be the best mum, partner, whatever for everybody else. And it's just it all, all your weight loss ever comes down to is self-love and being a conscious human on the planet and weight loss is a side effect of those simple things. It takes work because it's self-work. Weight loss is the, is the side effect. Mm, beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so where can people learn more about the Badass Beat the Bulge System program? Um, I have a Badass Beat the Bulge System Facebook page. So um, you can message me and things through there. But we also have uh, badassbeatthebulge.com. You can book in chats with me. You can investigate testimonials and that sort of stuff on there. So if anyone needs me, just um, source me through those spots and I'm always here to help because, you know, my joy is uh, helping others and helping women be awesome. Mm, that is great. So just to reiterate, you have the Facebook group. The Facebook group is called Badass Beat the Bulge? Yep. Badass Beat okay. the Bulge System. Great, great. And then the website is badassbeatthebulge.com. And then we, I see here that there is a spot that people can book a call with you. And then if you could just share with us what that call would look like. So my, uh, when I do... Uh, uh, I call them an aha chat or a health chat. I just want to mm -hmm. find out about the person and where they're at, what they need and whether I can help them out with that. I actually like within my calls for the person to understand the reasons they haven't lost weight in the past and I actually want them to truly understand the reasons they're not losing weight or keeping it off right now. They understand the contributing factors, what they can do about it and then I hope and... Um, you know, and it's my biggest joy is that I get to work with them. I get to work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I, actually, I actually say to them um, that, you know, would you like me to be your health stalker? Because if they disagree <laughs> or, right, or, I, or they, they're not showing on the Facebook page or I don't hear from them in Messenger or they're not handing their forms back into me, I will find them and I work out what's going on with them and why they haven't been looking after themselves and what made them fall out of Ferrari. So we don't have wagons in bad, Badass, we have Ferraris. So instead of falling off the wagon, in Badass, you put your yeah. Ferrari for a week. Or you got your stiletto <laughs> stuck in the crack. Because wagons do not exist in Badass. So on the call, that all I true. want to know is what they need, how I can help them, get to them to understand their body better, the reasons they themselves haven't been losing weight, and if we'll be a team and work together. Hmm. That's great. I just wanted to share a couple of um, testimonials from people that have been in the program. Uh, Mel says, I highly recommend this program. Where to start? There are so many things. More energy. I've had a pulsing in my left breast uh, for almost 18 months. Now, gone. Period pain, significantly reduced. Ovulation pain, gone. Sugar cravings, gone. Hormonal headaches, significantly less. Sleeping better, weight loss, achy joints, gone. <laughs> there are probably so many more, but these are the major ones. Loving everything about this program, Nomzi. Uh, having a solid plan and food plan is amazing, and the support every step of the way makes this journey a lot less challenging. You've created such a wonderful community in this group. Wow. 
That is that is amazing. And this other person, uh, Beck says, after suffering for more than two years with chronic fatigue and feeling like I would never get my life back, joining Badass and getting support from Naomi, I am now medication free. My body's regulating once again with my hormones being under control. I have never felt better. <laughs> I love so awesome. them. They're so, aren't they beautiful? <laughs> I love them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. And, uh, um, and then this one from Sue, the program is the first I have found, the first I have found that has made a significant and continued difference to me. It has been easy to follow, made a huge difference to particularly my hormone balance and overall health and weight control. I've continued with the basics of this program for some months now with continuing results. I highly recommend the program. You learned so much from Naomi. So, yeah, fantastic, Aww. fantastic. Oh, yeah, so I just want to share with our... I know, these are amazing. These are amazing stories. Um, so we want people who resonate with the message today that, you know, resonate with Naomi who's, and, and who's like, I'm ready to be badass. Okay. Like raise yeah. your hand. I'm ready to be badass, right? <laughs> Go to badassbeatthemulch.com. Have a chat with Naomi, you know, join the Facebook group, um, you know, just see what goes on there. See what people are doing and feeling and the support that they get. And, um, yeah, this isn't a hard sell. It's really just about who, you know, who's a good fit. Um, yeah. Because if you're sick and tired of doing things the wrong way, which a lot of people are doing, then this might be right for you. Right. <sighs> yeah. Well, Naomi, it's been a blessing to have you on the show again. Thank so you. So thank you, me, thank you so much. I love mm. hanging out with you. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. And. Uh, Hopefully soon we'll be maybe on the same continent. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gracious! That, that would, would be great. Heaven. Oh, you know, oh, I would love that. I can't wait till we can go to Hawaii together again or something oh like you know. Hello. Yeah, yeah, or Fiji, or you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go surfing with you guys next time. <laughs> oh well, I'm not so good at that, but James will be more than happy to surf with you. I'll I'll, I'll take pictures of that. <laughs> or go boogie boarding or together. <laughs> yes yes that's right I think Jen Oliver was like oh I can show you how to do that it's not that hard I'm like that's okay <laughs> my neck hurts just just yeah yeah I'm just gonna take the photos <laughs> I'll do something else you know if you want me to do dance ballet you know no problem I'm oh, I'm God. there but I'll be, I'll surfing be, I'll be so taking photos of you then yeah <laughs> Hula, you know, hula contest, I'm there, right? I'm I mean, like, it. I love thing. it. <laughs> oh, great. So um, thank you so much again, Naomi. We want to also thank our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Lots of love. Okay, love thank you. Thank you, thank you.